1: If you could only watch three wrestling matches, what would they be and why? This is what I am asking some of wrestling's best. In the ring, outside the ring, behind the scenes or behind a microphone. Hi, I'm Tom Campbell. Thank you for joining me on Cultaholic Island for another episode of Desert Island Graps. As you make your way through customs here on the island, let me introduce you to our VIP today. He's a Tennessee boy who's traveled the world and won gold everywhere he's laid his Stetson. He's currently enjoying his first reign as NWA national champion, a belt he proudly defends between rounds of owning newbies on Fortnite. Also, he's a guy that kind of Bailed me out of a bar fight once, so I think I owe him one. We'll, we'll get to that in a bit. Hope you've brought your beer money, distinguished island guests, as our VIP today is Cowboy James Storm. I am not NWA. I am not Ring of Honor. I am the one and the only James
0: Mother Effin Storm.
1: Rednecks and Rednecks is a banger. Oh, is thanks, Absolute banger. <laughs> this is obviously your, your theme tune from TNA years ago, and I want to really get into the stuff you're doing with the NWA right now. But I've got to ask, was it as much fun as it looked to make the video to that?
0: Oh, yeah. Me, me and those guys, one of the guys just passed away uh, last year in a tragic helicopter accident. But uh, it was so much fun. And the, a funny story about that video is we were drinking the entire video, like we were just plastered and those guys were supposed to go play a show at the grand Ole opry here in nashville later that night but they had to postpone their show like an hour and a half because they were
1: too drunk to to play it because they spent all day getting drunk with you and filming the video to long necks and rednecks yeah so the the manager's like well how could you do this i was like they're grown men.
0: I, <laughs> you know,
1: <laughs> you're not in charge of what they do. <laughs>
0: no, I'm not a babysitter.
1: You're part of a of a big resurgence for the National Wrestling Alliance. We had Nick Aldis as part of this show a few weeks ago, talking about um, his 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 time currently in the NWA as the champion. How are you finding your run in the NWA? Good.
0: Yeah, it's, it's just it's just one of those things where, you know, I'm not signed to a contract uh, with them like some of the other guys are. You know, because right now is just so much going on in, in pro wrestling. I'm having fun showing up and and seeing what they're doing because, you know, Billy's taking it really slow, which he should, uh, you know, because you rush into pro wrestling and you can lose a lot of money really quick. And it's really cool how he's, you know, just handpicking different guys that he wants for a show, especially they're going to be filming like a studio show. And, you know, a studio show only holds maybe 75 to 100 people. And that's what I grew up on like the, those old studio shows where you know it wasn't all these lights and all this stuff you went out there and you had to do your job great or you looked like <laughs> you know
1: it's, it's quite an exciting time for wrestling in general you
0: know all these companies like you know you have aew and nwa ring of honor you have new japan you have wwe you have impact you have all these companies now that guys can go to and make a living you know before there might have been just one or two companies you know, that everybody's bidding for to try to get in to make a living. Now, you know, you have so many guys who, you know, who want to be pro wrestlers because they know they can make a living. Even on the independent scene, you can make a really good living.
1: We're sending you to a metaphorical desert island, James. All right. We're giving you a DVD and we're going to burn onto that DVD three of your favorite wrestling matches of all time so it's up to you to choose what matches they are they can be matches with you in they can be matches with other people in. It is entirely your shout uh, but as we go through the show i'm going to ask you uh, to add a match to your dvd yeah. uh, so what is the first match that you'd like to put on uh, on your dvd
0: uh, my first match would definitely be uh, Savage and Steamboat oh yeah old man Randy Savage Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion was in a state of shock when Ricky the Dragon Steamboat came back yeah but this time in front of the largest audience in the world I will not only embarrass you not only pin you with the one two three count but I'm gonna put you out of wrestling for good oh yeah Dragon I am the lord and master of the ring and you're gonna find that out one athlete to another right now you can't be with me no. history beckons the macho man yeah man it's just one of those matches where to me the story just uh, i mean it all just fell together and it, and and the how the match was put together and just see how fluently and how fast those guys moved back in those days too you know they just it was just so crisp and, uh, you know, especially with Savage, you know, like his character, uh, like I'm a character guy. And so I always look at, you know, matches at, at, for guys who are characters in them, not just pure wrestlers.
1: But the champion still in control. Now a small package by the Dragon. Yeah. they got him
0: yeah. the yeah. yeah. History yeah. is made. You talk about a miscarriage of justice, Matsu outside interference on the part of Animal Steel. History made here in the Silverdome How old you have been? So I would have been 10. Because I, I went to my first wrestling match live when I was 9 years old with my grandfather.
1: Can you remember who was on the first wrestling uh, show that you ever watched?
0: Bill Dundee, uh, Jerry Lawler and Dutch Mantel. And I actually still have the Polaroid that I took with Dutch Mantel when I was 9 years
1: old. I'm hoping you've shown him this.
0: Yes, I have. I showed it when he was at TNA. <laughs> he was, I said, uh, "I said, yeah, you charged me ten dollars for it." He goes, "Well, if I'd have known you to turn out to be who you are, I'd charge you to double."
1: <laughs> <laughs> you had a phenomenal run uh, as part of TNA. I remember, as a fan, watching you beat Kurt Angle for the TNA World Championship, and just how it came out of nowhere and how how exciting that was.
0: Well, right now, Kurt's in total control. that oh, oh,
1: Early days of TNA as part of America's Most Wanted?
0: It was, it was pretty crazy because I was in WCW just for a little bit, and uh, the WWE had just bought WCW and had to let a, a lot of guys go, uh, including myself, uh, Chris Harris, AJ Styles. Like all these guys didn't get signed to the WWE, so uh, Jarrett was starting up the NWA TNA and uh weekly pay-per-views and he needed some guys especially some kind of local guys over around here so of course he reached out to bill Barron to get aj uh he had helped train me a little bit uh when i was starting out wrestling his grandfather did a lot of training who just passed away not too long ago uh eddie marlin uh so jeff knew who i was and so he gave me a call and you know and kind of the rest is history We, we showed up we did the uh we did the shows in huntsville alabama was the first uh tna pay-per-view shows and then we went from there and then and then we came back to the national fairgrounds which was great for me because it was only a 30 40 minute drive you know every you know i was back back home every night pretty crazy because they didn't know what to do with me and chris harris uh you know, because my first tag team partner was Psychosis. You know, and so there, that's pretty crazy. And we we was wrestling the dicks, the two guys that were dressed up like the the Johnsons or whatever. You know, so. But it's just, and I always ask that for a trivia question. What was my tag team first tag team partner? Everybody thinks it's Chris Harris. And so, uh, so me and Chris, we had wrestled a lot uh, against and with each other on the independent scene before we got signed with TNA. And we we were pretty good friends. We'd go out and I'll never forget how we got the America's Most Wanted name was we had one out the night before and just got smashed. And so we're we're back at the fairgrounds and there's there's actually a, a cop at the fairgrounds that was out last night and had saw us and was telling us stories. He's like, Yeah, you guys were you guys were pretty smashed, blah, blah, blah. He goes, You guys keep that up, you're gonna wind up on America's Most Wanted. And I went, Hey, let's use that as a name. <laughs> and so they, for a while, they kept calling the Storm and Harris, but we keep trying to push it on them. And finally, Mike Tine like kind of just slid it in there on a broadcast or whatever, and then they just keep calling us America's most wanted.
1: The other tag team in TNA that, that people always put you with is, is, is your run with Bobby Roode as Beer Money, which initially felt very thrown together, but got to the point where it was like, we can't imagine these two being apart now. Uh, how did how did it come about working with, with, uh, with Bobby Roode?
0: It, it was good because, you know, when we was doing America's Most Wanted versus Team Canada, we had r- worked, you know, against each other a lot. So we knew our chemistry was pretty good. Our timing with each other was good. And it's just one of those things where, like you said, uh, they didn't really have anything for me and they didn't really have anything for Bobby. But we were both under contract for, like, another year, so they had to find something to do for us. And so... Uh, Dutch Mantel actually came up to us. He goes, Hey, we're going to put you two guys together. Uh, do what you can with it. <laughs> we're like, All right, <laughs> fine, whatever. And so, uh, it was this almost mirror image. It was kind of the same thing. It's like, you know, at first, they weren't calling us beer money that, you know, that me and Bobby came up with. They were they were just calling us Rude and Storm, you know? And uh, and then finally, I made up some makeshift shirts that was like, put tag team belts here. And then at the bottom, is like, said beer money or whatever. And I'll never forget, like, we, like I didn't even tell Bobby, like, we did a promo on it and I gave him a shirt. I said, hey, man, we got new merchandise. And it's like the shirt and it had the sleeves. And his didn't have the sleeves cut out. And he's like, you look like, it looked like you made these yourself. I was like, how can you tell? (laughs) I was like, (laughs) And, he, and I said, uh, I said, if you want me, cut your sleeves out too. So I'm trying to like cut his sleeves out on TV. He's like, get off me. <laughs> so, so it, and like right then, like I think they could see that our chemistry, especially like playing off each other, was really good. So they just kept, you know, kept running with it. And it was the same thing. Mike Taney kind of just threw the name Beer Money in there here and there or whatever. And then we came up with the Beer Money Suplex because uh, Bobby goes, we got to come up with something so stupid that the people will boo us because we're supposed to be heels. So we just came up was like, ah, beer, money. But then, you know, two, two months later, it was getting over so big they had to turn us babyface. The beer bottle directly into the previously injured eye of homicide enables James Storm and Robert Rude to do it. They defeat the three-time TNA World Tag Team champs
1: and Beer Money Incorporated they've won the gold there's so much um, that, that you've talked about so far with with your run with TNA which was which is down to you creative license that you had uh, very much control do you think it's it, do you still think now more than ever it's important to just be almost just left to figure it out yourself
0: yeah because you know nobody knows me better than me and if they want me to play a character that represents me like it's hard to write for that you know I can understand sometimes if they wanna write for a character that has nothing to do with you that they came up with, but at the same time, they still gotta give you freedom uh, to to let you come up with some stuff for that character that way you feel more like that character you know because at the end of the day that's that's how it goes you know uh, if you don't feel comfortable out there then the people are not going to believe your promos and and like you said I think there's a lot of times these days where people go out there and they just sound like they're reading from a piece of paper and it like and it's hard for me to watch them it's like ah oh, because I know some of the guys are so much better promo people than what they're getting credit for.
1: Want to move on to your to your second match? So we're we're continuing to burn this DVD, and we've already got an absolute classic in Savage and Steamboat. What's your second match going to be, James?
0: It would be Bret Hart versus Owen Hart. This is the moment. Bret Hart thought he would never see that he would actually be facing his brother. Let me ask you this, Vince McMahon: What do you think is going through the minds of Helen and Stu Hart right now? Huh? Huh? What do you think? to see him here today in his orthopedic tuxedo. I wanted to see him at ringside. His orthopedic tuxedo. That's right. That's right. Look at this. I would doubt that either parent is watching this. I can't imagine that they would. Because I have a brother, number one, and I know how he kind of felt growing up. He felt like the ugly duckling that I was kind of getting all the attention and, you know, he didn't get it because I was a wrestler and he wasn't blah, blah, blah. Like, I was an athlete growing up. He wasn't, you know. So I, I, I think that kind of story kind of resonated with me a little bit, just because of that whole scenario. But n- number two, there, Brett was one of my favorites growing up, anyways. And so, but to me, like those are two of the best in-ring performers that there's ever been. Technicians. I mean, they. It's just, it's just crazy to go out there and watch them wrestle. And it's also like you touched on a few minutes earlier the the finish just kind of came out of nowhere you know it it was it was the roll-up off his shoulder It just flowed, and then the match was over. You're like, wait, he won. You know, because I, I still remember like rooting for Brett and go, what just happened? <laughs> and just how the story played out, too, because Brett went on later on that night and, and won the championship, and Owen was out there. And it, it just, the story, like you said, the story was just too good.
1: Away from being NWA national champion, you're also a Big video gamer,
0: but a lot of people don't know that.
1: Have you always been a gamer, or is this like a late development thing?
0: Uh, I used to play. I think it was 2600, and so you know. And then I went from that to the Nintendo, to the Super Nintendo, to the Sega Genesis. You know, so uh, early memory of mine is me and my mom was playing uh, Atari when I was young, and she got mad because she got uh, she was getting beat at Pac Man, and like I kept egging her on, egging her on, and. She didn't mean to, but she was just like, get away from me. And she hit me and just, like, split my nose wide open. Like, my nose just started pouring blood. And oh I was God.
1: like, oh, my God, you broke my nose. <laughs> so how old would you have been? Uh, I was about 7. So, you're, so at seven years old, your first wrestling match was with your mom over Pac-Man. Basically, yeah. Basically.
0: <laughs> That's my first big injury.
1: What are you playing at the moment?
0: Like Madden and NBA Live. Play a little uh, Call of Duty here and there.
1: You're a Fortnite guy as well at the moment, aren't you? I, my, my daughter
0: has got me into it. I'm not the best, but I, I can still take some people down.
1: <laughs> it's, it's You don't hear many people that... that, have, that both owned an Atari and play Fortnite because there is like a like a chasm in the middle where people sort of fall off the video gaming planet. And yeah. So so when you like talk like when you first played Fortnite, were you as baffled by it as I was? I got killed before
0: it felt like the game even started because I didn't know at the beginning. There's this like a time period where you have to go and collect weapons and all this other stuff. So I'm just I just sit there. I'm like waiting for the game to start. <laughs> and my daughter was actually in the other room. And I can hear her. She's, like, speaking to me. And she's like, Dad, what are you doing? Like, you got to build, you know, your fort and get some weapons. I'm like, there's nothing around here. She's like, you got to chop down a tree. I'm like, what?
1: (laughs) They are far more complicated than than anything Sonic the Hedgehog taught us. Like, with Sonic the Hedgehog, you went from left to right, and that was it. That was it. Right. made it to the end. Job's a good one.
0: Got to learn if I won't take my daughter down. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> has she taught you the dances? I won't make you do them. Don't worry. But has she taught you the dances?
0: She has. But now <laughs> she's becoming like where she's too cool to kind of do it. She's she just turned 14. So she just went to high school. So it's kind of like, ah, uh, so.
1: Can you see your daughter? Is your daughter into wrestling at all? Or is that a different world?
0: No, she, uh, she used to be when I was younger, you know, and then. A lot of kids now know who her dad is. So like, I don't want her to be that kid where people just talk to her just because, you know, they think who her dad is or you know whatever something like that like i i told her i want her to make her own identity i said so if anybody asks what your dad does just just tell him he lives at the airport <laughs> 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 he works at the airport
1: but you're but you're so confident with your with with your Fortnite skills with a Z, you're actually challenging people now aren't you you're throwing yeah. a challenge via patreon
0: yeah like uh, i just started up a new patreon account and And it's pretty cool what I'm doing because people can see my really my everyday life, you know, like uh, kind of behind the scenes of, you know, I just filmed the other day like me waking up, (laughs) like like, you know, because so many people like wonder how I sleep. I sleep in a bed, like
1: (laughs) maybe he sleeps upside down.
0: (laughs) Right. But I I filmed basically my whole journey from my house uh, to the airport you know, when I land it to the show and all that stuff. And so people can see my journey on the road and kind of what wrestlers go through, you know, just people think it's easy. It's, it's not easy, you know, to travel. And then, uh, and also you're able to watch the wrestling match that I'm doing that night being streamed live. Uh, so, you, you know, and you're able to interact with the other Patreons that's on the account as well. And then I got this uh, this crazy character named the Django to Django, and he does you know crazy stuff on there. He's gonna start uh, hunting ghosts on there, so it, it, that's gonna be I'm gonna start like a little web series on there of him hunting ghosts and stuff. So, but it's it's a pretty cool idea because I want people to like send in their ghost stories, uh, you know, because everybody has a ghost story when they were young, and so I'm basically gonna have the Django to Django interact with their ghost that they were scared of or whatever. So. Uh, and uh, it's a, and also, like you said, like, uh, you know, now now people can play video games with me online as well, uh, you know, and it's, it's one of those things, too, where I'm going to be having tournaments, uh, you know, maybe once a month where other Patreons and myself play in tournaments and they're able to win merchandise and uh, maybe money and, and just, just gifts and stuff as well.
1: So where can people go to get to your Patreon?
0: Patreon.com slash james Storm
1: And before we move away from from video games um, as as a as a now you won't be alone in this that you're a, you're a dad getting his head around Fortnite or has got his head around Fortnite <laughs> right. uh, for for other dads who are trying to get their heads around Fortnite or for 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 people who are of an older generation trying to get around Fortnite uh, three tips for your first for your first game of Fortnite give us three tips
0: Learn how to move really quick because <laughs> Like, there for a while, I'll take three or four steps at a time. Just like, oh, wait, where am I going? You know, and number two, learn how to read that map. (laughs) That's very important. You want to stay away from everybody. (laughs) I didn't know that. I thought I was supposed to go and fight everybody. (laughs) Uh, and, And like I said, number three, at the beginning of the game, you are playing. Even though there's no one around you that can't kill you, you have to get your weapons and build your fort and all this other stuff
1: so we're sending you on this desert island as we said and we're looking for uh, three wrestling matches from you we'll get to the third in just a second the other things that you're allowed to take on this island with you are a movie an album and a luxury item if you could take any movie first of all maybe your favorite movie of all time <laughs> what would the one movie be
0: oh man i'll get so much crap off this it would be uh cocktail with uh, Tom Cruise and Elizabeth Shue in it where Tom Cruise was the bartender.
1: That's that's cool. That's all right. And it, and <laughs> that it, is... it's, it's, it's alcohol related, so it's on brand. I that's get so fine. much crap
0: for that, but to me, that is one of the best movies ever.
1: I don't know, like,
0: because I, I know people in the bar business, I think, now. But it, it's also like a good chick movie. Like, chicks love to watch it. So I, I think that was one of the things, too. I'm like, hey, let's go watch Cocktail. They're like, okay. Do you make cocktails? Just Jack Daniels and Sprite. That's all I drink.
1: <laughs> it's a James Storm special, then. They're, I like <laughs> yep. them. What about an album?
0: It would either be, and this is going to be, like, way out there. It's going to be either Motley Crue's Shout at the Devil, or it would be Hank Williams Jr., Family tradition.
1: <laughs> they are different size of the <laughs> of the equator, aren't they, really? Um, but you can only take one. So I'm going to have to nail you for an uh, answer, either Hank or, Hank I, or I Molly. Will,
0: yeah, I, w- I think I would, sit, I would uh, do Hank just because it has that smooth listening. So, you know, if I'm able to make cocktails somehow on the beach by finding different stuff, then, you know, I'm able to sit and chill.
1: Nice. Um, now, and then the last one is a luxury item. So, just to give you a bit of a flavour, uh, Nick Aldis is taking his jag, has taking a Day, and David Starr is taking a a body pillow.
0: I would take toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's easier to carry than a Day.
0: Right, yeah. I mean, <laughs> y- you know, because I, I don't really want to be wiping my butt with leaves and stuff. that just, just don't feel good to me, so... <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, what, what are you going to do with a jag on a beach? There's no one else there to see it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, on a desert island. He's like, proud uh, of it. I think he just likes <laughs> it. I also now like that we have a percentage of luxury items that are based around cleaning your ass. I'm proud of that. You have one more match to choose as well for your DVD, James. So what's your third and final match to take on the Desert Island?
0: It would be myself versus Bobby Roode in Bound for Glory 2012. Bobby Roode, you've taken this from a personal issue to a I just want to kick the crap out of you issue. But let me make this perfectly clear to you, Storm. You will never, ever be as good as me. And as long as the it factor is around, you will never ever be a world heavyweight champion.
1: You're actually the first person to pick a match with yourself in, which is which is I, absolutely fine. It's it's your it's your DVD. That's
0: a little arrogant, I think, but nah. you know, But it's like you said, it's my DVD, it's what I'll be watching while I'm cleaning my butt with my toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> why Nick is setting his Jaguar with a dirty butt.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, um, why, why that one in particular between you and Bobby?
0: Just because of the, like you said, the story that had been built up to it as well. And it was just one of those matches where we were supposed to go on a uh, little inside story. We were supposed to go on kind of last, but they didn't want us to interfere, I guess, with the Hogan segment that was going on uh, because they thought that... Uh, our match might have brought the whole Hogan segment down because it would have had everybody up. And then, so I'm not for sure how it went about, but I know we got moved to third on the card. And this is like kind of right before the show started. We're like, what? Ugh. So, and it was just one of those things. of like, let's just go out there and just beat each other up. And that's, I mean, we, I mean, we, we laid them in and we beat each other up pretty good.
1: You two always had really good chemistry, whether you were whether you were together or where you weren't. My heart genuinely went out when um, there was that crossover where where you'd spend a bit of time in NXT <laughs> and then you came back to, to, to TNA, and almost like three days later, oh, there's Bobby Roode in the front row of NXT. He's like, no, yeah, we we're I- gonna get beer money.
0: I, I i called it our hot tag <laughs> it was the
1: it was the hottest tag was that just bad timing
0: we knew exactly what was happening like you know when because i had talked to him about coming back or whatever and, and he told me that he was thinking about leaving and, and going to do something else or whatever you know and i said hey man i said good luck Hope hopefully everything works out and, and everything so it wasn't like Oh, as soon as James Storm shows up, Bobby Roode leaves. No, like we we knew what was happening. Like you know, I get so many tweets every day and emails, and everybody's like, "Man, when are we gonna see beer money in WWE?" I'm like, "Hey, that's that's not up to me. I'm a free agent."
1: I didn't really want to. I didn't want to talk about it too much because you've been asked about it a hundred times. I'm genuinely more excited to see you carrying one of the one of the one of the funkiest looking belts in the business right now, which is that national <laughs> championship.
0: I always tell it like, hey, it can be funky looking, but it's mine. <laughs> so, it's, it suits you, it suits you, it's a good look for you. So you've got a snake over your arm, it's brilliant. Well, I think just because it's kind of like so old school or whatever, uh, and it's just a different color than the people who are used to either the black or the white belt or whatever, and people are like, oh, but yeah, I was watching uh, a boxing match not too long ago, and there was like four or five belts on that card that looked similar to that NWA national championship. So I was like, "Ha, huh? suck it. <laughs> <My belt's
1: cool. laughs> i I actually get a chance to say thank you for something that you did a couple of years ago for me. Oh. Okay. <laughs> no, no, it's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> I was at a Defiant taping that you were on and okay. I came over, you were, you were at the bar and I, and I came over uh, and brought you a pint. If you don't remember, it's absolutely fine. I totally get it. Then as I walked past, as I walked back the other way, I bumped into somebody just by accident knocked their arm, spilt some of their drink. Yeah. And this guy starts getting it quite in my face about it, quite angry about it. And you lean across and you just you just come over to him and you just say, he was getting me a beer. And this guy immediately calms down. <laughs> and uh, so you so you got me out of a bit of trouble and I never got a chance to say thank you. So I'm saying thank you now.
0: <laughs> oh, you're very welcome, man. <laughs>
1: it's a That's story. Funny story. It's, it's good to tell people I nearly got into a bar fight with James Storm. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time to, to join us today. I want to give this floor to you. Anything you want to plug, any shows you've got coming up where you want to send people. The floor is yours, my friend. You go for it.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, if people want to follow me on social media, uh, Instagram and Twitter are both the same. It's James Storm brand. Uh, I don't have Facebook. If you're talking to somebody on a Facebook account it's not me cuz that's a true story i had somebody at a wrestling show going hey do you you, you don't remember me huh and i'm like no they're like oh we've been talking on facebook and i said uh, no not me and they said are you sure i'm like yes i am standing here in front of you telling you it's not me so you haven't been talking to me so no facebook uh and like i said everybody go and sign up there's there's tears uh there's a tear for everyone on there also I meant to throw out. I I put some uh, workout tips and some workout videos on there too to help uh, people. I get people all the time say, hey man, thank you so much for the tips. And uh, so, you know, people are looking out, looking to get over that hump a little bit. There's workout tips and uh, what I eat as well on there. Uh, So, just go to the Patreon, www.patreon.com, forward slash James Storm. I always say, no matter what uh, wrestling show is around you, if you're able to go, go and support it, uh, whether it be Indie Show or one of these bigger companies, because these guys are out there, and they're they're busting their ass for the fans. You know, I'm not saying that they don't care about the company, but we do do it for the fans, so. Oh, another thing, I just got cast for a movie. I can't really say what it is. Ooh, Okay. yeah, so I'm uh, I'm supposed to be the lead killer in a movie, so uh, so I'm gonna be taking the next couple of weeks off to to start filming a movie. So
1: so you can't you but you can't tell us what the movie is. You can't. Yeah, I
0: can't. I, yeah, I can't tell you what the movie is right now, just because we haven't started filming it or anything like that. So I don't want to get cut before I start filming. <laughs>
1: can you? Can you maybe tell us what you did for the audition to oh, become no. a killer?
0: I just showed up. <laughs> True story. They, they they had somebody that they were. Uh, that they were interested in before me. And uh, one of my buddies kind of knew the casting person. And he's like, look, Storm be perfect for this role. He goes, well, we have someone that we're interested in. And so he let me know. And then the next day, he goes, hey, man, can I have your number? I was like, yeah, man. So they gave him a number. I talked to him. I said, hey, they want to meet at Starbucks. Number one, I don't look like I drink Starbucks. <laughs> so I walked in, and I knew exactly who they were. I didn't even know what these people looked like. So I sat down. And I started talking to him, and 15 minutes in, they go, "Oh man, you will be perfect for this role." And I said, "Well, what happened to the other guy that you guys were interested in?" And she looks at me and she goes, "Well, number one, he wasn't as big as you, and number two, his face was too nice." Whoa. Oh, what? <laughs> what are you saying? I'm ugly? <laughs> she goes, "No, no, no, no. He he didn't look like a killer." I was like, uh, I was like "But thanks." I was like. That's what my mom was going for when she had me. She goes, when he grows up, he will look like a killer.